0: Hello and welcome to the President's Podcast brought to you by Get French Football News, your home of French football in English. Welcome to another episode. In this extraordinary series, we sit down with French football's power brokers to discuss their journeys into the game and the future of the world's most successful export market of footballing talent. We're delighted to be joined today by goalkeeper Vincent Inyema. Vincent is Nigeria's joint most of all time. and and holds the second longest period of invincibility as a goalkeeper in the history of Ligue 1,062 minutes in the French top flight without conceding a goal. He's currently without a club, but is keen to continue his professional career with another adventure. Vinny, welcome to the President's Podcast. Thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so much,
0: also joining us today is Chief Features Writer at Get French Football News, Adam White. Adam, welcome. Hi there, guys. So, Vinny, let's jump straight into it. How would you introduce yourself to some of the fans out there who maybe don't know you, or, or the French football fans who are maybe a bit newer and, and haven't, haven't necessarily come across your story?
1: Um, I would, I, I would say Vincent Nemo, um, You know, the guy that um. Did the invincibility thing—a um, a, thousand-plus minute without conceding goal. Um, uh, the guy who's the most capped Nigerian uh, national team player with a uh, hundred and one matches. The guy that I was rated one of the best goalkeepers in the world at a point at a time. You know, I mean, the guy that has done great things. Might be on. The yeah, that's committed. that's
0: quite the introduction. I love it. I love it. Um, Vinny let let's start off um if you don't mind at the beginning um you know when you were a kid was football your absolute dream or did you aspire to become something else tell us a little bit about those formative years I
1: have I I I, I never had a dream as a child of becoming a pilot or a doctor or something but I always loved football and um, I didn't really know that there was as a child that there was a thing called professional football like it is today you know, I just played in, on the streets back home. I just played with my friends. I just, I, mean, I just enjoyed the game growing up. You know, it's when I got to about the age of, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, 14, 15, something like that, that I started thinking maybe I could make a little bit of life out of this while also pursuing my education, you know. So uh, so it's been my story as a child.
0: When I played sort football in, in the street I'm sure I was nowhere near as good as you, but typically there was never a goalkeeper. It was always very difficult. It was always sometimes the last person to be picked on a team who would end up in the, go- you know, in goal when I was sort of, you know, five, six, seven. Uh, were you even playing, you know, when you were playing with your friends, uh, were you playing in golf from, from the very beginning or did that
1: come later? Uh, no, um, I, I've been blessed. I've been blessed with the, with the ability of using my legs up front. And I've been blessed with the ability of using my hand back uh, 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 down down in the defense like a goalie. So I used to go up, strike, score. Then I would run to the goal and become the goalkeeper just to preserve the lead. I used to play both <laughs> positions, you know. Really, it's the sincere truth. That's what I used to do. I would score. I was very good as a striker. I mean, I, I would have preferred ending up as a striker because I was very, very good.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so in training, in training, sometimes in your professional career, did you ever, you know, in sort of small-sided games, get, get to relive that dream when you were younger or has it always been on a professional level, you know, even in training, playing in golf?
1: No, in training also, I used to play as a striker. I used to play even with Leo. With, Lux, with my former yeah. teams, I used to play as a striker. I used to play, I used to score a lot of goals, great goals, you know. My, I mean, as a goalie, I already know what it is to, what it would take a striker to score. So when I get that position, I already knew, I, I already knew what to do. So I used to play sometimes with the, with, with, as a striker, even in the national team, there was a time in Israel you know, I've got a couple of goals in Israel. There was a time the, the coach had to. We, I, I was chosen as the one to take the free kicks, you know?
0: Yeah. So, yeah, you scored nine times so, in Israel for a goalkeeper
1: I, in, in four I, years. That's I no scored, small feat. I, I, I scored a total of 25 career goals, 15, 15, 15 times in Israel.
0: Describe us your favorite one, Vinny, if you had to pick one.
1: The goal? Yeah, one goal. Your favorite goal? Yeah, I scored in the Champions League against Lyon. You know, I scored in the Champions League against Lyon. That was um, 2010, if I'm correct. Um, with uh, Lawrence was the goalkeeper. You know, I scored against yeah. him, and um, I also scored in the Champions League finals in Africa. You know, when we won back to back with Enyumba. I scored in the finals also. Oh, so, so I, I guess those are the yeah. big, the the highlight of the goals I scored
0: against Salzburg in in, in 2010 in that in that group stage qualifier. You yeah, I against so, against I yeah, I scored in, against, against Salzburg
1: also. against Lyon. Was it a penalty or not? No. Lyon was a penalty. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We we lost the match, but I scored the the, the only goal for my side. Yeah, absolutely. So
0: you touched on your time in, in Iyemba International, which is obviously kind of where your club career really really started to, to kick off. You mentioned the uh, African Champions League, which you won twice. Um, there was always this thing about, though, in that sort of run-up that you would be substituted before penalty
1: shootouts. Why did this happen and, and uh, how did you feel about it at the time? I felt bad, I mean, I felt bad, but the um, important thing is that um, I'm really not um, the man who's going to be um, fighting and killing people because I've been substituted, and it worked, you know? When the coach makes yeah. the decision and it do- and it works out for the benefit of the team, I mean, you you don't have a choice, you just have to accept that decision. So I accepted the decision with good faith, after the first time, I just accepted that it's going to happen again, you know, so... And and um, for some reason the, the the thing worked out and uh, what can I say I I took it with I took it with uh, with with smiles you know I just walked away it's part of what life holds for us
0: for sure who was the other goalkeeper who was the sort of uh, the second goalkeeper at the time and did you feel in training that he was necessarily better at saving penalties or not.
1: No, 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 no. It's just because I, did, I, I had an issue with the national team that I did not save. Um, there was a match I didn't save any penalties. so I mean the national, the clock I just took it. Oh, we didn't save any penalty in that match, so we want to change. I think it was just a choice, a sporting choice. I, I mean, it worked out. That's the most important thing. You no, know? it worked out. So, if it didn't work out, if it didn't work out, a guy saved only one penalty, you know. <laughs> <laughs> if the other opening, if the open goalkeeper saved too, we were out. You know, so it, it happens. It happens. This is life. This is life. For sure.
0: During your time, obviously, you know, you spent you spent the early part of your career in in Nigeria. Um, before this move comes in 2007 to Tel Aviv and Israel, you know that is perhaps not the most obvious route into European football. How did that come about and, and, you know, were there certain specific agents that helped you out at that time?
1: Um, I think, um, like you said, it wasn't the the the, 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 the route I would prefer. But uh, for me, it was the most sure route out because I had, a, I had a thing with Bolton. I was almost signing up with Bolton. Financial issues didn't let me sign up 2004 with Bolton. Yeah. January transfer window. I was everything was done. Negotiation was was in top gear, and um, all of a sudden it didn't work out. Uh, I didn't know why till today. I don't know why it didn't work out. My agents never told me. And uh, with Bolton, this um, with Bolton, yeah, 2004 January. So mm. um, then I should have signed in Greece with Iraqis. Then yeah. I, I, then I had a pre-contract. <laughs> with uh sport in in Turkey, you know the, yeah. um, but this small team from Israel just came from no, they just came in from nowhere and um i I just dished every other thing and um I signed for them and um i think that was my turning point that was yeah I had my luck and uh, I moved.
0: You're obviously a very key player in, in, uh, well, pretty much immediately in that 2007, 2008 season where you helped the team avoid relegation, reach a cup final. Just tell me about the kind of day to day differences because, you know, it's, it's often when players move from one continent to another, it takes them at least a year to acclimatize. You know, you didn't really have a, in terms of have a choice in terms of the, the team situation and need to be plan, that hero straight away.
1: It's, it's, Vincent is a blessed guy. Vincent is such a great goalkeeper. If you don't know, I'm such a great goalkeeper. <laughs> so. So, so I can fit into any team. I can fit into any team. I don't really need that much time to acclimatize. I don't really need... I mean, it, it can happen, but for me, I don't think it, 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 it's me. I believe yeah. in God, and I believe God is always there for me. I believe in God, and I believe he's always there to help me, certainly easily anywhere I go it's just when I came like when I came to Leo, everyone the people were surprised they said you just settled into Lille like uh, you've been playing here for a very long time I mean that's me mm-hmm. the same when I when I was in the national team I went from Edinburgh, from the uh, local league to the national team and I was the first choice goalie you know so God has been my strength and always helping me settle in so uh, settling in is never a problem For sure. Tell me,
0: though, a little bit culturally about about the sort of differences between obviously being in Nigeria and then all of a sudden going to Israel, which culturally is very different. Not that it was a problem necessarily, but, but just talk to us a little bit about the kind of differences that you encountered.
1: As a youngster, it was not that easy because, I mean, the driving rules in Israel is quite different from the driving rules in Nigeria. (laughs) <laughs> and um, the culture, the culture in Israel, it's um, is more of a liberal community, a, a community that rules that that moves from seven in the morning round back till seven the following day. You know, you can easily and those were things I never experienced back home, that you can get out by midnight to make shopping in a shopping mall. And um, I didn't know those things exist, and um, you can easily, easily have a, a go to the nightclubs, even though the nightclubs in Nigeria, but it was not really my thing, you know. So yeah. culturally, it was a hit on me. But then, like I told you, I'm a, I was a young boy ready to learn. I was a young boy ready to make an impact. I was a young boy, you know, that um, that. Um, that was open to changes, and I embraced it with both hands with joy, with happiness. It was like someone in, a, in 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 a small room being thrown into an apartment, you know, so it was good, it was good with joy, I embraced it and did anybody
0: come with you at that point, or did you know was there any family that came with you, or was it just
1: you on your own no no point? no, 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 I went alone then after my wife joined me like about six months later. You know, six sure. months uh, after I I signed for Yehuda, my wife joined me. I, I, I couldn't have survived Tel Aviv alone. <laughs> the country is something else. <laughs> so, yeah, I needed a well, woman around me. I needed, a, I needed my wife. I needed my wife.
0: What do you mean by that? Do you mean it would have been too lonely or just? Kind of too crazy,
1: and and it's and a country that is blessed what? with so many. is a is a it's a country that is blessed with so many beautiful women that are liberal, that are there, right? yeah. You know, it's more it's more of a tourist country. It's more of a country that uh, people come from all part of the world and they just want to have fun. And as a young man thrown into the light, I would have fallen into that temptation of um, joining in the the, the trend. And I'm missing out on what I was there for also but then. That's why I needed my wife to put me me down back home to set me right.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, put you straight it, and narrow, you, exactly.
1: Exactly. You don't want to go to the beach in Tel Aviv on a summer day. You don't want to go there. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> you keep your eyes down. <laughs> oh Lord. You're yeah. gonna you're gonna see all sort of things. And a young guy that never saw that, I would have been tempted to, to try some crazy things.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: To what extent was
0: that sort of cra- those crazy things part of the team atmosphere and kind of Nayuda and then also eventually Apple World Tel Aviv? Was it the sort of team whereby you would
1: all do things together? Or, or was it a little yeah, bit... Yeah, yeah. Tel Aviv, Tel Aviv, they have teams that are like a family. Family. Yeah. They eat together after training. They go out together. They form a bond. You know, bond of friends, band of friends. You know that mm. you see you easily see a a team in Israel go out go out for dinner with uh, seven, eight, nine people from the same team. You know they were kind of friends. You go you see in the game place they they go to play uh, snooker, bowling, and all sort of things together. Eight, nine, ten yeah. players from one team. So, it it was amazing. Sincerely speaking, it was amazing. That's why I said, I guess, it was the the luck that I needed in my career because it set me on the right path. That country is a blessed country, and um, I am so happy I stepped my foot in it. For sure.
0: When you arrived, uh, I'd imagine that actually the vast majority of the squad or the first-team squad would have been Israeli. So, Tell me a little bit about that kind of welcoming period. Did you feel a bit like an outsider when you arrived? Obviously, you tell me about that event and how. Go on.
1: They made they made me feel they made me feel at home. They made me feel at home. I mean, I was welcomed. They always came around to take me out. They, they made me feel at home. You know, there was a rule that the, the, a club can sign five foreigners. And yeah. Luckily, one of the one of the foreigners in this in the, in this team was a a Ghanaian, You know, so we We did our things also together, and mm. uh, they, they, they seen the team the team the family set us up. the family helped us. The family stood by us. Yoda was an amazing place to be, even when I moved to upwell tel Aviv they, they, They're more like a family, not really a football team. It's like you bring to play football with, with brothers and sisters. you know they're more like a family. They do things together. They eat Friday night meals together, you know, so it it was amazing, sincerely speaking. Is a passage is a path that I am grateful cool for.
0: <laughs> for sure. And um, did you are you still in touch with with uh, the the Ghanaian player who was obviously with you and 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 some of those people who you met back in yeah, Israel? Yeah,
1: more... practically everybody.
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, that that's really great because. In, in what can be a very difficult profession in terms of can be moving around a lot and, and actually all that shopping and changing. I think if you were to, to, to ask the majority of footballers, for them to be in touch with everybody from 12 years ago is, is quite an impressive feat. Do you think that's because of the overall culture and atmosphere? or Does it, does it speak maybe a bit more to yourself and, and your personality and, and how outgoing you have been?
1: I guess it's uh, it's my thing. To to do that, to keep in touch with people, is my kind of thing. You know, to I don't know how others do, but me, I'm I'm like that.
0: Sure, sure. Well, let's move forward. Obviously, 2011, after some high-profile, impressive performances in the Champions League in that 2010-2011 season, which you've touched on for Happy World Tel Aviv, you arrive in Lille, you arrive in France for an undisclosed fee, three-year contract. Go straight in at the deep end. Made you know. Ultimately, you make your debut against Inter Milan in the Champions League group stage, which is a serious baptism of, of fire. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: tell me, tell me a little bit about about that. And and that's kind of weird, right? You know, for your first game to be boom against Inter Milan in the Champions League.
1: No, no, but I, I already played against top players before this, uh, this particular game. I already played the World Cup. I already played qualifying yeah. series for my country. I already played a lot of big games. So for me, it was, I mean, another game going. That's all. Nothing special. I already played in the Europa League when I was in Israel with um, Apuel. I already played against Celtic. I already played against um, Tottenham. I already played against a whole lot of teams, Hamburg and. You know, with uh, 0 beto and all sort of players. I've, I've, I, I, so for me, it was uh, just another game. Just another sure, game. Sure,
0: sure. Were you disappointed to to be then, obviously, a year later, heading back to Israel on loan? Did it feel like, actually, you didn't have the confidence of everybody at the club?
1: I I felt disappointed. It's not that I didn't have the confidence of everybody in the club. I had that confidence, but the problem was that, you know, there was that hierarchy in in the club. I mean, there was a Landro that um, won the league for them and and did exceptionally well when they won the league. There was that that guy still in the club, and um, you cannot just come in and take over that post from him. You know, there was that hierarchy that Rudy Garcia had put in place. Garcia told me, Vincent, you're a very good goalkeeper. You're a very, very good goalkeeper. This is really not what we wanted, but then um, we can't take Mika uh, Landro out. You are a very good goalkeeper. I'm so sorry. We wanted someone not as good as you, but um, I'm so sorry that um, you are in the situation that you are. Now, I said, okay, I can understand. You respect Landro and I respect Landro. I respect the establishment. I respect what is happening. So, I have yep. to find a way out and, and play at least just to represent my country. For sure. I mean, Mikael Landro' was obviously the most
0: high-profile French goalkeeper to have played in Ligue 1 consistently in the 21st century. So you couldn't have been up against <laughs> uh, you know, someone who, who had more of a name and, and, and was more respected in that goalkeeping space.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I, I, it would have, it yeah. have
1: been crazy putting
2: him out and, and putting me in, you know,
1: is the truth. Yeah, how, absolutely.
2: Um, how was your relationship with 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 Londro, Vinny? Was it were you were you good friends? Did you learn each other, learn from each other in training? Was it was it a good a good a good relationship as two goalkeepers? Yeah, I have always had a good relationship with my colleagues. I mean, we are
1: in there to get the three points, and if we get the three points, everybody gets money, and if we get the three points, everybody gets happy. The fans are happy, even if you played, you did not play, you know. So the most important thing was to get the three points and for relationship with Landro he's a top top guy. Landro is an an excellent guy. I I remember telling him, you know, because I was too too good in training, I was too good at the Nazar, started complaining and um Musato started complaining that I was too strong for them. And um, <laughs> Yeah, there is they complaint to the coach that I was too strong for them. That they, that that is not a second goalkeeper that will give them confidence to to play the match. You know, that's really interesting. I remember, yeah, if they said I was too strong for them as a second goalkeeper. That I'm not letting them score. That they cannot prepare for the match. They don't have the confidence to prepare for the match and all that and all sort of things. But then, what can I say? I remember telling because Landry should concentrate on his game. That Rudy has already told me that I won't play. You know, so, uh, there's no, there's no need him being worried. Rudy's told me already I'm not gonna play. It's only Mika that will play. So he should relax, concentrate on his game. So we had a great time. We had a great relationship.
0: It sounds like that Rudy Garcia, you have, you know, a fair amount of respect for it. Sounds like at least he was open and honest the entire way through. But then, obviously, on the other hand, you have René Girard who comes in in 2013 14 and gives you your shot. You know, how would you compare them both as, as two very experienced French managers and your kind of personal relationship um, with them?
1: They, they are very, both of them, they both, are, they both are, are, are great coaches. Sincerely speaking, they, they, they have different philosophies. You know, Rudy is the mm. coach that wants to score you fifty goals. Score one more goal than you. Rudy is that coach. Rudy is a coach that wants to score one more goal than you. He scores you fifty, you score him forty nine. He's won. That's Rudy's like uh Guardiola. these are the kind of coaches. But um but um, Girard is a kind of Mourinho coach that doesn't want to score you that doesn't want you to score him. But he wants to have one or two opportunities and make use of it, you know. So, two different coaches with different philosophies. So, but relationship-wise, I mean, Gerard was awesome, excellent. Rudy was good, very good. I never had issues with him, but, I mean, I didn't play with him, so I wouldn't
2: laugh
1: and smile and all that. But, sincerely speaking, I had a, an yeah. amazing time with the two of them. Excellent time. I learned from the two of them. They taught me a lot. Rudy taught me a lot. He taught me a whole lot of things. He talked to me a lot of times and Selvin said, You can do this, you can do that. He really helped me improve my game. You know, so, but Girard was like the icing on the cake, you know, something that garnishing and making it beautiful. So, I mean, I he, he had <laughs> special relationship yeah. with the two of them.
0: Uh, for, for Girard, I think, you know, it, it must be as a goalkeeper quite satisfying when you're playing for a manager who focuses on, on defending because you're just so much more likely to be keeping. You know, tens of clean sheets, as you did, you know, as you ended up doing. I mean, eleven consecutive clean sheets uh, in that first half of the season. So, is that from a purely kind of how does a goalkeeper, what does a goalkeeper enjoy doing? Like trying to get into your mindset, is that the most enjoyable it gets when you know the team set up exactly for you to do your job as perfectly as you possibly could with that sort of protection not, and that sort not of more really. defensive protection?
1: Not really that the team was set up for me to do my job, but that is what we were disposed. of. we we, we didn't have the players of the 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 the, the caliber of Eden Hazard, Moussa, so we didn't have that quality again in the team, you know. Yeah. So we needed to to be the strong team together. We needed to be the defensive team together. If we cannot score, then let no one score against us. So I knew I had jobs on my hands. I knew I had to be good. And I've I've always wanted to prove a point that I'm good enough to to command a team, to lead a team, to keep for a team. So I was really out, you know, to to, to prove a point. So God helped me, and that happened. And then we we did tons of clean sheets. It's not easy in League One. (laughs) Keeping out of 140-something League One matches that I played, I did almost um, 70 clean sheets. It's not easy.
0: Yeah, I mean, you have the best, it's interesting you touch on that because you you have the best ratio for someone who's played more than 50 matches as a goalkeeper in the 21st century, and yet actually that's not even talked about nearly enough by by the French media. How was your relationship with the French media, Vinny? Did you feel at times that you deserved to to more praise in the sense that you your your performances were perhaps better consistently than than some of the other goalkeepers? In and around you at the time, who were receiving? that I, I think about someone like Salvatore uh, Sirigu at PSG. Yeah, I told um, them.
1: I told them all, I told them after to the offenses, you know. I told them, listen, it's good to criticize Vincent when he makes a mistake. That you also need to press Vincent like you're doing to other goalkeepers. I told to yeah. the PMN and he said, Vincent, listen, we don't criticize you a lot. We know. I know my colleagues don't. I said, yeah, but you also don't press me when I make good mm. games. Because I watch your 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 your, your, your you, I see your studio time and I, you don't praise me when I make good games. When I deserve the awards, you don't give them to me. When I deserve the hype, you don't give them to me. But when I make mistakes, you blast me like I I I let heaven come to earth, you know. So um, it's it's okay. It's what I mean. I am not um French number one. I am I am African and um. Some of these things happen, you know. It's like you want to compare uh, Samuel Eto'o, JJ O'Kocha and all these people. You know what massive talent they had while playing football. Yeah. You know, like Eto'o deserves to have won the world's best player at the point of uh, of his career because he was so good. Yeah. But he never had that because there was one Ronaldinho that is Brazilian, you know. There was one Shevchenko that is um, Ukrainian and all that. So, but I'm I'm used to these things. Um, I it it's painful, but I'm 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 used to that.
0: So, do you think, Vinny, that there was consciously or subconsciously this bias against you because you weren't French? I mean, I think that.
1: I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think they did an intentional thing. It's just normal. Sometimes you you don't like this particular person so much. No matter what he does, you don't press him. You don't hate him, but you don't like him. You're surprised. Mm. <laughs> you know? You Wow, he did that? Okay. Wow, he did that? Wow. Oh. But you, you're surprised. You're like, I never thought he could do that, you know? I yeah. think that was my case. I care, I, 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 it, most people didn't believe I could pull the strings that I did. I could I could play the the guitar the way I did. I could play the the, the keyboards the way I did. I guess yeah. it was just the thing of um surprise. you know. So when you're surprised, you, you 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 a lot of people don't go out to say, oh yeah. It's only when you, think you, you know would, that. Yeah. Me, I, it, it's only when you know that someone can do something. Then when he does it, you say, yeah, I knew it. You know, but well, wow, he did that? Wow, I never believe he can do that. You know, there are two different things. So I guess that was my case. Do
0: you think, you know, outside, during your European career or your career in Europe, that proving people wrong has always been at the core of what you've had to do then?
1: I was not out to prove people wrong. I was out to enjoy. I love football so much that every time I keep a clean shit, I was rejoicing. Like it was part of my life. Then when I was conceding goals, I was crying behind the scene at home. Because it's, it's something that I love. I don't want to concede yeah. goals, you know? So I, I didn't, sincerely speaking, I didn't care who was taking notes, who was not taking notes. I, it's only when, like when I had that invincibility thing, it's only when it was ninth game, 10th game that, that Canal Plus started, like, wow, Vincent is this. That was the first game. That was a match mm. game. That when Canal Plus like put a profile on me. I was like, what did we do? I was surprised. And I asked the again, what, what happened? And they said, Vincent, you've kept clean sheets, nine clean sheets. Really? <laughs> I'm not even counting, you know? I'm not keeping count of this. So he said, "Yeah, you've kept mine, please." I said, "No, no, no, no." We started arguing in the changing room. I remember this day with David Wilson. Now, and they started counting it. I said, Do "You know what? I didn't keep notice of this, you know." So yeah. I'm not. I was not out to prove people wrong. I was out to enjoy every bit of my time on the field. You know, every my family, were, uh, my family, my wife, my kids were always there. So. That was my joy having my kids watch me play. You know, see, it was just all for me. For sure. Do you think that you
0: mentioned that when when you did concede goals, you took it quite hard on yourself, and and sometimes you'd be very upset at home. The highs are obviously amazing, you know, when when you keep that clean sheet. But but talk to us a little bit about about sort of mentally as a goalkeeper when you leave a game thinking I could have done something better that. Could have changed the result is that is that something that was difficult in the early stages of of your career and and you built up a character to be you know mentally resilient and to not let that affect you the next day Just what's your sort of psychological process after a result that you had hoped would be better
1: um, sincerely I'm always this guy that leads for the other day i think i think it, 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 i've i've seen a lot of i have heard a lot of adage you know a lot of people say. I didn't lose. I learned. You know, I'm this guy. I yeah. learned from every game that I played. Every game that I played, the fully, the night after was a, a study session. One hour, two hours in front of the computer, searching for, replaying, checking out what I should have done better. I, I was, I was this guy. You know, hmm. my joy was always don't get it wrong so when i get it wrong i keep myself so hard i get into the books i get into the you know sometimes i just go google Casillas and say uh, and see what he used to do when he had one-on-one i will call google buffon i will google a whole lot of goalkeepers it was study time for me vincent we should have done this here i was hard on myself so but then after that moment i let it go I care, because I know I want to hear the rules of the fans. I want to hear the song for me. The fans chanting, the fans happy. I know I want my children to be in school the following day, and their their friends will tell them, "Daddy did so well. Your father was very good." So I live for the next match. I always live for the next game. That was my motivation. That was my joy. That was my ment. The thing that sat on my head and made me prepare mentally. You know, so that that's it. Sure. Did, um, when you did can't work Sorry, go on. Way...
2: Sorry, sorry, Kristen. Did that work both ways, Vinny? I'm just wondering if 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 you know you're living for the next game. Even when you had a brilliant game, you kept clean sheet and you made loads of really good saves. Did you try and put it out of your mind and move on to the next game, or or did you celebrate? And and also, is there any game that really sticks out as maybe your best performance of your career, or particularly memorable game where you where you thought you played really really well? I start with this one memorable memorable game
1: no I don't have one because I have done more than more than (laughs) tons of it but then having wonderful games that will sit on my head I never celebrate that's what I was telling my wife the other day that I guess that is a mistake I made in my life growing I should have taken out time to celebrate my great exploits, my great game. I should have taken out time to appreciate myself, value myself more. But for me, every game was just the way it came, and it's gone. 90 minutes in, mistakes, I sit on it, I watch it. 90 minutes out, 90 minutes in, great game, I sit on it, I watch it, and that's, that's gone. For me, every game was just there to come and go.
0: Sure. Vinny, when you came home after a game and, and you say you you know you're looking for clips immediately after to have a look and, and see what you could have done better, in those in those moments when you come home, you know, do you want to talk to anybody or do you just say, listen, you know, when you come back home, say to your family, listen, I just need you know an hour or two, I just
1: want to be alone. I have the best, I have them. the best family. I have the best family in the whole world. I don't know about yours, but I, <laughs> my family is amazing. My wife is exceptional. Sincerely speaking, I'm so lucky that I'm married to her because uh, if I sit in the the study till 3 a.m., she's going to sit in the salon waiting for me till I finish. Exceptional. She's going to tell me, listen, I can't let you sit there alone. I can't let you sit there alone. I know you're checking out what you did, what was wrong, what was good, but I can't let you sit alone. I'm going to sit, wait for you. She's going to stay there. If I leave the study around 4 a.m., that's when she's, she's going to go to sleep. You know, so so she was always there inspirationally. She was always there to help me. She was always there to push me through. It was amazing.
0: That's amazing. Um, you said there wasn't a match that, that was particularly memorable for you. Um, you've been quite well known, I think, in, in the French football space to chat a lot to people during the match. Uh, Sometimes when people are, you know, maybe someone uh, up against you taking a penalty, obviously talking a lot with your teammates, but then also with your opponents. Is there someone who who you sort of, you know, spoke a a lot back and forth with during a particular match that really sticks out in in your memory? Um, You know, obviously you're you're playing against Latan from time to time, and he's someone who who likes to trash talk a lot in
1: matches. Unfortunately, I never had a word with that <laughs> You will not believe that <laughs> because uh, I, um, I, I don't know. I really don't. I never had a word with him. I tried speaking. We spoke. We had chats out of the field before the match. You know, he used yeah. to call me Black Mamba. He used to call me Black Mamba. Like, oh, you Black Mamba, you're here again. You're gonna, you wanna? know, but we're gonna deal with you today. I said, okay. <laughs> you never saw. You know, we used to joke out of the field. But on the field, he never says a word to me. I never had a word. And even I think the the only person I've had uh, uh, okay, apart from the players, I've had a chat with Mercy. You know, I can't even remember what he was saying. I I I I I think I told him he made the ball out. He, he was saying no, not me, your player, and all that. But we had fun. I'm not really yeah. the player that um, that is hard on players, I, because game football is a game. It's just for fun. For me, football mm. is joy. Football is for fun. Football is for happiness. Football is not for us to get angry, to quarrel with people, to get sad, to insult people, to trash talk. No, it's not my thing.
0: For sure, for sure. And... and- it's interesting that Zatane never spoke on the pitch. I feel like maybe he had to be especially focused when he was coming up against you because it was that much harder to score when you were in in goal. So uh, I think it's a compliment to you that he didn't speak to you. Actually. Yeah, they, they, um, they,
1: you know, some of the strikers keep saying, oh, you make us lose concentration, you're talking too much, you're laughing too much, <laughs> you're making jokes. Well, because football life, is, life itself is not that serious, you know? If you take yeah. life that serious, you have issues. Life is not that serious. You leave. The day your number is called, you're gone. So enjoy fun. Have fun.
0: For sure. For sure. Adam, do you want to touch on anything else just sort of before the, the, the kind of 17-18 campaign with Vinny, or or should we move on?
2: Yeah, a couple of things kind of stuck out from what Vinny was saying about his earlier, earlier career. I was really interested in a couple of things you mentioned. First of all, really, really great to get your thoughts on on what Nigerian football is like, because obviously you, you came up through the ranks in in Nigerian club size and did really well in the African Champions League. What's the what's the standard like? What's 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 the sort of resources of the teams like? Um, and is there a lot of talent from Nigeria that you think goes um sort of goes unnoticed?
1: Yes, yes, yes. So much, so, so much. You can't believe, you can't believe the talent that is 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 not invested. It is not taken in the Nigerian football in the Nigerian league so much. Africa as a Africa as a whole, there's a lot of uh, unexploited talents there. Uh, I'm trying to create something that will go into the locals, the the the, the 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 villages, you know, to get 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 things. I heard you mention, you know, the 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 standard. Standard is really very high, you know, really very high, but no money in African football, no money like it it is in the European football. So, but for standard, it's very high. The championship is something, Champions League is something exceptional, you know, like the Egyptian clubs, South African clubs, the Tunisian clubs, they are all well funded and run, you know, so the standard is high.
2: How, um, how ingrained is football in, in Nigeria? It's obviously a very successful footballing country. But are the kids playing football in the streets? Is it popular? Is the Premier League on TV? Is the Nigerian League on TV? How how prevalent is football in Nigeria? Because it seems like it's massive, but is it is it is it sort of a national sport? Is it, is it as huge as it seems?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a national. It's a national thing. It's a national thing. Like I said, there's not much funding of 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 that, but then. If you if you to play football in Nigeria, people love you, people respect you. It's like in France, but um, but okay, no money. So at the end of the day, your parents will still tell you go to school so that you can have a life after. It's something that everybody celebrates. It's something that the national, you know, everyone celebrates. Everybody wants to watch. Everybody wants to see. Everybody wants to know the result of the other match, the other team, what England did, what that team. So it's something that goes. It's like a religion, like it is in Brazil, you know. It's like a religion.
2: Fantastic. That's, that's really good to hear. Hopefully, that that talent that you mentioned will be will be sort of utilised in the near future. Just one final thing before we move on. How? Just sort of, you mentioned Bolton. How far did that 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 sort of meeting with Bolton go? Did you meet Sam Allardyce, who would have been in charge at the time? Did you go to the club and? Yeah, look yeah, around yeah and
1: I, was, I was with I, I was with Sam Allardyce. I was training with the uh, with the first team. How uh, 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 with Ivan Campo, with um Gary Speed, Neso rest in peace. Um, with Jojo Kocha, with um Fariga, with um e- A- A- uh, You know, I was, I was. Jack Lennon was still the goalkeeper in this time, and Ian uh, Walker was the second goalkeeper. You know, so uh, these guys were there. I think Bruno Ngotti, I think he was there also, if I'm correct. So. Uh, it was a great time, but for some reason, it didn't happen. I don't know why negotiations were very okay. I was—I even did the fitness test, and the, everything was perfect. I don't know why it didn't happen. Very, One
2: very of life's
1: great place. mysteries.
0: Yeah, sorry, Adam. Absolutely. No no, that's
2: exactly, no, 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 that's exactly what I was going to say. It is a bit of a mystery.
1: Yeah, it was, because I think, it was, it was, yeah, go on. It was because I, I am surprised. Even if said Barber, the goalkeeper goalie coach, he was like, Oh Vincent, you're so good, you're good, you're a great goalkeeper. For some reason. I even had a, I even had I think they already told me I'm gonna have a have a squad number of thirty five. <clears throat> I did not know what happened. <laughs> <It didn't> happen.
0: <laughs> I don't know. It's strange. Yeah. But it's strange for me because I think you would have been incredible in English football. I think a lot of your attributes from a, from a goalkeeping standpoint would have suited uh, the English league fantastically well. But, I mean, I'm not complaining, right? I get to sit here today with you because you played in France. <laughs> so, I'm, no, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not complaining. Um, maybe we maybe we, we touch on your, your career with Nigeria, Vincent. Obviously, you have been one of the most important players in the history of your national football team. How does that feel, just as a fact?
1: Feel great, feel great. Being the most cap, you don't know what it is to be the most cap national team player. I mean, I could have done more, but um, I wanted to do more. Uh, but uh, it's, um, it didn't happen. But I feel honored. I feel great. I feel, you know, like I've been, I have that privilege. It's a privilege. It's that joy. For me, that that thing inside of me that makes me proud of myself. I did this for my country. It was a dream as a child, so I mm. did this for my country, and um, I achieved that. You know, so uh, that feeling, you know, that feeling. Do you feel that throughout your time in the national
0: team, it was a way for you to connect more closely with your country, just in general, and, and to understand Nigeria more? It's it's an incredibly from from what I know of the history of Nigeria, it's an incredibly diverse country, both from ethnicity sides and things, but also from religion. And I presume by playing across the you know across various various points of the country and 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 training in various parts of the country, you probably got to know like the very essence of Nigeria
1: even better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, football in Nigeria, football is a is a I think is the only thing that draws the country together. That binds the country, mm. that pulls the country in. When you play football, you, 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 you're respected by everyone. You go to the north, the south, the east, the west, and they just tell, oh, Vincent. Oh, everybody accepts you. They, 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 they accept you. They, 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 they open the doors for you and they celebrate you. They, they, they make you feel honored, you know. So football, playing football for my country made me feel like, oh, I'm a Nigerian. Playing football for my country, didn't I? Didn't even know what was the most, what uh, the diversity, like you mentioned, you know, the difference between a Muslim and a Christian and all that. We ne- we had, we had one voice, and wherever we went, Muslims were receiving us. Likewise, Christians receiving us. So, it was a way of connecting to my people, connecting with them, letting them know I love them, and letting them know that how much I appreciate their love. You know, so. It, it, I, I, I've been, I've been, I've been blessed. I've been blessed. Sincerely speaking, I've been blessed. I've been blessed. My thirteen years with the national team were blessed years. Wonderful years. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: Are you, Are you sad about the way that it ended? Yes. 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 Never wanted it ended that way. But then, who am I? I believe in God. I believe God made it happen, so I accept it.
0: So, for those who don't know, Vinny, do you just want to explain what what sort of happened and, and, and from your view and, and, and with hindsight now as well?
1: From my views, <laughs> that's a part of this story that I wouldn't really want to talk about because it's a little more complicated than um, people will know. That um, I lost my mom and um, I couldn't represent the club. I couldn't represent the, 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 the country in the match. The coach got angry, the federation got angry and one thing led to the other and the other led to the other. I was captain she was taken off me in a manner that I felt shouldn't have been. And I, I pulled out. I just pulled out because all sort of things were said, all sort of things were done and um and I didn't accept their decision. So I just preferred um the short way out.
0: Did you feel disrespected? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. When you look at
1: the team, okay. yeah. When you look
0: at when you look at the team now, did you feel like you could absolutely bring them a lot from from a you know? I've obviously Nigerian football is not my specialty, but from watching the country in my view and, and the national team, both in last year's World Cup and now, is really lacking natural born leaders, and I would say you're one of them.
1: Um, That is true. That is true. I could have gotten a lot more for the team. True. But then you, you also have to understand that there's time for everything. You know, time for new people to take over the leadership, time for young ones to grow old, you know. So there's time for everything. And um, owing to what is happening around me professionally, I don't think I would have given them a lot more presently because i'm not playing regularly in my club yeah. i don't have a club and all that so it would be the wrong time to say oh i should have been in the national team because i'm not fit for matches of uh of that caliber for matches of that standard you know so that standing so but then it's painful how it happened and it's painful how it ended it's painful that it ever happened and um but I still wish them the best. I still support them. I still root for them. I'm a Nigerian. The blood still flows. So so that's it.
0: Sure. Vinny, from everything we've discussed so far, the thing that resonates with me the most is just how grateful you are for everything, whether it's the joy of football, you know, certain things. As you say, everything has an end eventually. Is there one event, in your life that has made you this grateful, do you think? Because I find, you know, and and we found often doing doing these these podcasts that it's very you know it's very hard to to, to be grateful unless you you kind of understand really what the lowest of the low sometimes can be.
1: Um, I, I would say i a man that is um I'm a man that is on a second chance. You know, I would say so. Why, um, you, yeah. I, I've had, I've had, um, accidents, um, car, car crash, bad, like, ghastly car crash twice. And I came out of them on hot, like nothing happened to me. Mm. And, um, so I just realized that, um, it was not my time. It was not the time for my number to be called. You know, so so I live um I live this life with a um, breather with, uh, with gratitude. Nothing else matters than being grateful for the air we breathe, being grateful for the life the day we see, but every other thing is just but um vanity, every other thing is just got um addition
0: for sure, so obviously you're referring to to one of those crashes was in in southern Nigeria in two thousand and four. When was the other accident? I wasn't aware of that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was in August. It was just before we played Esperance, a few days before. One of them. Ghastly accident. But something happened. Someone crossed the road. We got hit. Boom. Some assault, like eight times, falling into a ditch. Came out, nothing happened to me. Like, no, no bones, crash, nothing. Like, nothing.
0: That's unbelievable. Uh, so,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say I'm a man on a second, on a mission. Second chance man, you know, so. And, and would so you I say those things, moments have bro- I, I take, I, sure, I take things easy. I take things easy. I, I take things away because I enjoy every moment of it. We never know the Yeah. Life. Did those moments bring you closer to God, Vinny,
0: because, you know, sometimes things you can't really explain why they happen and, and as you say, for you to get away, you know, without having, you know, only a few bruises in, in situations like that, that must have been a even you know, not a real even, kind of not
1: even bru not even bruises. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not bruises. <laughs> I, like n- not really, no bruise on me, nothing. Like you said, so those moments make me realize that that they, for me there is God. People, some people yeah. say there is no God. That for me, I believe there is God that's the truth because I'm those things don't just happen overnight so I believe there's a God that is there to keep me to guide to protect to be a shield around me so so he yeah. brings me closer to God
0: I totally understand that um okay well let's 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 move on now um we had an incredible success in Lil. uh maybe it wasn't as reported as as it should have been by Pierre Menez and other people at Canet Plus and, and in France, but you enjoyed doing it. And the squad was very talented, especially in the first year when you arrived. And, and, and then there were mm-hmm. also other players, even when Hazard and, 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 and so left. You had people like Id- Idrissa gay there too. Who were the individuals who, who you got really close to during that time, um in terms of just, you know, there, there's, there's certain people in life who you, you meet and you just get on instantly, just like that. Who are those people for you at Lil?
1: I I was lucky. I was lucky to have David Rosen out here. I was lucky that Joko came. You know, Joko was on loan for, from Liverpool. Yeah. You know, so we formed a, a three-man team. You know, we did our things <laughs> together, went our ways together. So... Really, and real Magoba was very nice, he helped a lot, you know. So So we were we were this band, you know. Lucky to have met this guy in my journey, lucky to have met this guy in my life.
0: So, how good was Joe Cole when he uh when he came, well he was towards the end of his career when he when he came to uh Lil, but just, just speak to, to. Was he, was he trouble for you in training? Although to be said, to be said, Vinny, it sounds like nobody was trouble. I for was, you in I was
1: trouble for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I was in trouble to everybody. I was a pin. I was a pin that nobody wanted to step on. You no, know, well, not really. It was <laughs> fun being in training with these guys because they always wanted to train with me because they know I was yeah. very good. They know I deserved more. They know I should have been playing, but for the hierarchy in the team, then who am I? I, I was just a, a young boy enjoying every day.
0: For sure. For
1: sure. So obviously
0: there was a lot of change during your time at Lille, and you know, eventually we get to the 2017-18 campaign where all of a sudden... You know, you were by far, I think, most little fans would say the the most beloved player consistently. You know, during that period of time, uh, all of a sudden, Marcelo Bielsa arrives, and um, you know, you're, you're you're informed by not even him. I don't know whether he, I mean you can tell me. I think you've told me before, but but tell the story again. I think you were informed by the the little board. You weren't even informed by Marcelo Bielsa that that you would not be
1: involved. So just just tell us about that. I was not in fun, I was not informed by anybody. I was not informed really? by anybody, you know. I mean, I am really I'm not angry with this situation. You know why? Because I was injured during the period. Yeah. So it was just normal that I was not going to play. But I was more surprised about the you know the thing they call loft that they created and they put me inside and um like i told you like i've always been saying like i said to every other person they own the club they have they want to take a new direction they want to run the club a, in a different way they want to go differently to you know to do their thing who am i to say no you understand Who am i to say no Who am i to kick against this guys? I, I let it be mm.
0: did you ever get answers from anybody I know you weren't informed initially, but did you get, Have you ever had answers from anybody at Lille about why that happened?
1: No, the <laughs> campus told me. Listen, this is a decision of the board, and and that's a decision of the board. You're not gonna play. I was not bothered because I was injured. I was more yeah. concerned of my rehabilitation and uh, my coming back. Sure. Did Did they try and tell you? Very quickly after that? Did they try and do what?
0: Did they try and sell you very quickly after that, like they tried to do with many others? Eric Botiak was another person who was in the loft, obviously ended up going I to Australia I really
1: don't Australia know. It, it's not the management that told me, it's Frank Beria, you know, that called me because he started working for the management. Is Frank Beria yeah. that called me and told me, listen, Vincent, you're not going to resume with the first team. There's a group of players they set aside. You are gonna resume with them? I said, Why? He said he doesn't know. They just told him to tell me. I said, Okay, uh-huh. I will resume with everyone. You know, like you want. I don't have a problem. I was, I was on, on the wheelchair. I was, I was not playing. I was uh, with um, the the coaches. You know, so for me, it was, it was not a problem.
0: Did you ever speak with Marcelo Bielsa or never? No, no, no. That's
1: quite common, actually. I've only met him once. I was on the table, you know, massage table, and he came in, and he he just said, hola. And that was it. He did not even say hola. It's the assistant that said hola. (laughs) He (laughs) (laughs) He did not say anything, you know. I was there, he came in, the assistant said hola, and he just went through the uh, changing room, the... The, the fitness room and the, the medical room and went out.
0: Did you think that when Christophe Gautier came in, you would get another chance, you would get that second chance?
1: Oh, I I didn't feel so because um, I don't think that he has a, a decision in the club. I think it. Yeah. Um, I don't think he has a mouth. He, he knows who they bring to the club. I think the players are being brought and given to him. So mm. I didn't believe they. They will happen. I always felt that the because of ego, ego, you know, of the of the club, of the president, and all that, that they always maintain the fact that they don't want me. You know, Do you they think it was not the letting thing? I think so. I think at that moment, because they were almost going down on relegation, and uh, Mike wasn't having the best time, so I think Mm. it was more of an ego thing. Even if we're going to go down, let's go down, but let Vincent not serve us. It would be like, oh, the guy that he was rejected is the guy that is saving serving us, you know? So I guess it was more of an ego thing.
0: For those of you at home who doesn't know who Mike is, Vinny's referring to Mike Mignon there, who... He's obviously now a French international. Vinny, how far do you think Mike Magnon can go? He did have a, a difficult spell when, when in your kind of final months there, but uh, has been praised quite widely in France since for his sort of cat-like nature. Uh, praised quite highly as well for his for his he's penalty young, saving. He's a young,
1: young, talented, he's a young, talented goalkeeper. He's talented. He has a big future. I think he. he and he, the good thing is that he likes to work. He likes training. You know, so that's the strong mm. point. If you like training, you're gonna always improve. If you like training, you're gonna always make it. It's there's no there's no there's no shortcut to it. So I think um, he's gonna make it. I think he's gonna go far. I think he's gonna go far with the talent he has and with the fact that he's hard working. So I think he's gonna make it. He's gonna break the barrier. He's gonna go far. Sure. I just Adam, you... do aside... yeah, go on,
2: Adam.
0: Yeah,
2: sorry. I was going to ask about um, whether there are any goalkeepers that stand out for you, and we talked about Mike Maignan. There um, is there anybody that, that really sticks out for you, and in, in sort of the current crop of goalkeepers that could, has the potential to sort of be really truly world class? Anybody that's really stuck out for you at all?
1: Um, I I kind of like put a block between me and football a while ago, so I mean I wasn't watching the league. I was really very very disappointed with the world of football. I wasn't watching the league. I was watching rather league, the second league. And um but I know that I, uh, I there are some great goalkeepers in the league. There are some yeah, very good goalkeepers in the league.
2: Yeah, this is, it's definitely a rich ground for, for goalkeeping talent in, in Europe at the moment. I also I was wondering just sort of on almost the reverse of that. Was there anybody that inspired you as a goalkeeper? When you were developing your trade as a goalkeeper, do you have any goalkeeping heroes, I guess is my question. No, no, no. I don't really have that oh, that thing.
1: I really don't have it. The The, the truth is, I always loved um, the way Bandersa was keeping, but then that was when I was already a, a, a grown, young guy. I was already playing for him, so I always liked the way he was keeping. He was Kicking his ball, so I started walking on my kicks the way he was kicking. You know, that's why I could, um, that, you know, it's not everyone that could uh, kick precise, uh, uh, kick with precision, you know. It's from the Vandasa that I learned that, that you don't just kick a six meter ball, you, you try to hit a target even with your six meter ball. So, I mean, but then, growing up as a young star, as a young child, I didn't have a hero. I didn't have nobody. I didn't even know what was professional football.
2: That's really interesting. Um, I wonder if that that kind of shows in your style as a goalkeeper, because I always saw you as as someone who was sort of almost unique in style—the way you moved in in goal and the way you made saves was slightly different, perhaps to others. Do you think that kind of is a result of having no one as as a role model you kind of worked it out for yourself you fit, found that way yeah I guess so I guess
1: type. so I guess so that's why you see my one on one thing is different my 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 way of goalkeeping is different quite different from a whole lot of goalkeepers because I train with some people and you hear them say oh my coach told me to do like this my co- coach told me to do like that and I was like nobody ever told me to do a thing like this <laughs> <laughs> you know Oh, so really, I never had a hero. I never had anyone I was looking up to. I really, really worked hard as a youngster. I never wanted to concede goals. I always wanted to be the best player, you know, right from my kindergarten days my my primary school days, you know, so probably that's one of the things that has that that helped me develop what I had. Vinny, you said
0: I'm... that you Sorry, sorry, Adam. I just uh, go on if you got you got one more.
2: No, I haven't. No, you you carry on, Christian.
0: Okay, uh, Vinny, you said you you've fallen out of love a little bit with the kind of not football, the game, but sort of watching it and 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 you know keeping up with it in terms of France at the moment. Where are you in your head in terms of what you want to do? You obviously haven't retired yet. You had that trial with Dijon this summer. Um, Maybe tell us a little, about a, a little bit about that trial and, and how the experience of that trial has informed what you want to do. Yeah, he,
1: um, I guess it was a misinformation. I think I already told you about this. I guess they made a mistake on reporting it as a trial. I was yeah. not there for trial. They told me, Vincent, you haven't played in a while. Come, let's see your fitness level. Come, let's see, because there's been a whole lot of... Um, stories about you not being able to kick football again, not being able to do anything again. I was like, okay, I'm, I mean, I you know my quality already. I'm not a bad goalkeeper, you know, that they said, yes, they know, but they just want to see if I am, half, uh, 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 you know, I had a surgery, if the surgery would let me play again and all that and all that. So I was there and everything went on well, which we had that conversation, which you know about. And that, for some reason, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. I don't know why. They didn't tell me, this is what happened, this is what happened. It's just that probably the details were not clear enough. And secondly, they wanted a goalkeeper I was going to start on the bench, a second goalkeeper, which for me, I told them it was a little bit sketchy, to, you know, to start on the bench, that I want I wanted it to be open, you know, but um probably for them, it was not good,
0: sure, I mean, you look at where they are now and the fact that they've dropped their first choice goalkeeper and uh runison um and you know they're starting a, a very young goalkeeper who's who's doing okay, but um you know it was it was a strange situation, and uh did it somewhat, you know, has it made you lose faith about jumping back in into a, into
1: a league and team? Or, or where's your head at? No, no, no. If I find a good project, a good team that wants to give me the opportunity, why not? I still want to play. I still have the feeling of playing. I still have the love for the sport. But then, at the point, you have to know when to say stop. It's okay. But, for now, that point has not arrived for me, so I still hanging there. I hope I will find something. But if I don't find something like I've told you before, this is the last year of my professional career
0: so you're you're saying that by June, if you haven't joined a team, that'll be it.
1: yeah, that
0: would be it, okay, um. So are you sort of actively looking for opportunities now or are you waiting for the January window to come around?
1: Yeah, I'm waiting for the January window to come down.
0: Okay. Well, obviously, I'm sure I speak for Adam too. We're wishing you the very best in that search. Vinny, we really appreciate the time that you've you've given us today. We've just got a couple of more questions. We like to finish with all our guests here uh, with a quick fire round of questions and also to get you to give some advice uh for the young people out there listening who want to get into the game. So let's start with the advice bit. What advice would you give to a young person who wants to become a goalkeeper now?
1: Um, first of all like I, I tell people, you know, I tell people lifestyle is the uh, is the most important thing if you want to be a goalkeeper, if you want to be a top professional. Lifestyle matters a lot. What you eat, when you sleep, when you wake up, your your more your 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 ways. If you are the guy that takes alcohol, like um, you're drinking water, you're not gonna make it big in life, in career. You must know the limit. You must know the bound. You know how to balance things out. Then number two, I am of the opinion that hard workers always win big. So if you are the hard working type there's that possibility that 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 thing that you're going to win be you're going to make it you you must be hard working you must be ready to to give it in, in the in 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 the field you must be ready to 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 sweat out you know because i know so many football players always come up with excuses they only want to play the match matches they don't want to train they don't want to be in the gym they don't want to there are so many top players like that that have failed to 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 leave to the to the best of your abilities, but just uh, because, because they didn't want to train extra, you must be the guy that, like me, I'm the guy that wakes up in the morning, I'm there before everyone, and I I finish after everyone. This is Vincent, you
2: know.
1: Yeah. So I will encourage people to take to that also, and um, then lastly, I will put this lastly because I am a Christian and a lot of people are not. I believe in God and a lot of people are don't. So I put this, you must believe in God. I believe God helped me through my career. I believe God helped me through my life. That should have been my number one point. That should have been my number one point because God is everything for me. God is God. So you believe, I encourage people to, to, to take God, to believe in God. I mean, it's not a lot of people that everyone that goes to church, but believing in God doesn't mean you have to go to church. You, no. I encourage people to believe in God, to take God, to keep God, to follow God, and all that. Sure.
0: Okay, well, I think that's fantastic advice, and I uh, hope everybody at home is, has well received that who wants to be having a career in the sticks. Okay, Vinny, let's finish off with a quick fire round now. As short answers as you can give. Uh, hopefully these are fairly sort of light moments to end uh, what has been a fascinating podcast and we thank you so much again for your time so Vinny first one is craziest player you've ever played with
1: craziest player I've ever played with craziest player craziest player craziest player Simon Kia. what did he do? he always wants to win he doesn't care what you think he doesn't care what you do he just wants to win so he's if there's your know, the the meaning of your question that does him. He can kill everyone just to win. He can in training, he can kill everyone just to achieve what he wants. He can fight with everyone so for me he has a mental this crazy mentality of winning. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Who who's your greatest mentor
1: in this journey so far? Mentor God.
0: I don't have one except God. Fantastic. Who's the nicest person you've come across
1: in the footballing world? Nicest person. There are so many of them. There are so many of them. Sincerely speaking, it would be difficult to say he is nice, he is nice, he is nice. But I would take my first um, director in Bnei Yehuda, yeah. Moshe, Moshe, Moshe Damayo. And for me, I think he's the nicest guy ever. Fantastic.
0: Who's the dirtiest opponent you've come across?
1: Um... It's just opening. Oh, I think I've been loved by everyone. I've been, I've been lucky to be smiling with people. I've been lucky to be. I've not had that opening. Think <laughs> speaking. I can't Nobody's remember. left
0: a, no, nobody's left a foot in when you're both going for an aerial duel. You've not had someone. <laughs> no, 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 no. I've always been loved by people. Fantastic. Best prank that you've pulled at the
1: training ground. Best prank, I don't really. I'm not really the jovial guy, the, the guy for the jokes, but um, yeah, I wish I had pulled one that Messi was signing for Lille. <laughs>
0: <laughs> told everybody in the training ground he was signing
1: <laughs> exactly that Messi was at the
0: reception that he was signing for Lille.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: What's your greatest achievement if you want to just sort of pick one? Uh, your greatest achievement so far in your career today?
1: Greatest achievement um, so far in my career, um, I would say 2014 when I was mentioned as the best goalkeeper in the world. Yeah, in that conversation. After after, after, after the first after the first round of the World Cup matches, I was mentioned. Mm. I was rated as the best goalkeeper in the world. So I guess that's my greatest achievement.
0: Absolutely. And, it's a shame
1: actually, I don't know if you've seen this, Vinny,
0: but the the Ballon d'Or, you know obviously you know what the Ballon d'Or is, but they've they've announced this year that they're doing for the first time ever a trophy only for goalkeepers. For the
1: goalkeepers. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I, and I think I was if, not if, if it had myself, been around in twenty fourteen. Exactly. I told myself why didn't they do it when I was still playing football? <laughs> why didn't they do it when I was on top of my game? <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. I think he definitely would have been, he would have been there. Um, I would have been finally, one
1: of the contenders for sure.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, no, a couple more to finish on. When you can't sleep, Vinny, at the moment, it, maybe you sleep like a baby, you tell us. What are you thinking about? What keeps you up at night?
1: Football, what more? Nothing football more. and playing. Like playing again? Football, football, football. Football, football. Like I told you, I'm a man that lives for the moment. Mm. Mm. Fantastic. So I always think of the next match. Like I'm sitting here, I'm thinking if I get an opponent, what I'm going to do. If I'm getting a match, I need a clean sheet. So football is in my head. You're
0: wired that way.
1: Yeah. I'm, and finally, I'm wired that
0: way. Yeah. Finally, do you have any regu- regrets at all or not?
1: The only regret I have now in my career as a footballer is the way Lille ended. Love ended. That's the only regret. Because I had had a lot of opportunities to sign for clubs in Turkey, in Germany, and all that. And I refused all that to stay with Lille. With love. So that's the only
0: regret I have. So it's the sort of sentiment of you kind of showed them loyalty, and then when the chips were down, they just, didn't reciprocate that. Something like that.
1: Mm.
0: Okay, well, a moment of of, of thought to end on. Vinny, listen, thank you so much for all the expertise that you have imparted and shared with us today and for everybody at home. That concludes this episode of the President's Podcast. Everybody at home, remember to continue to refresh your podcast feed as we bring you in-depth chats, and interviews with the most important men and women in the French football landscape. We'll see you very soon for another episode. A and
1: au revoir. A bientôt. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure.